This podcast is brought to you by United Bank, the community bank of the nation's capital. This is Let's Have a Drink, a podcast from BizNow Media, where we grab a drink with the people who are shaping real estate in and around Washington, D.C. I'm Ethan Rothstein, BizNow's East Coast editor. Today, we are drinking beers with MRP Realty Managing Principal Bob Murphy at Tony and Joe's Riverside Grill in Georgetown's Washington Harbor. Do you want to grab a beer? Uh, yeah, let's grab a beer. I'll do that white IPA, the ghost, the three-star. Yeah. <laughs> Two of those, please. Two? No problem. Thank you. Bob co-founded MRP in 2005 after a long career with the Trammell Crow Company. MRP is a developer, manager, and investor of all kinds of assets, deploying roughly $5 billion in less than 15 years, mainly in the D.C. area, but with investments in Philadelphia, New York, and, most recently, Nashville. Cheers. Cheers. Well, it hits the spot. One of MRP's biggest investments was in 2010 buying Washington Harbor, where we're currently sitting, for $245 million. Less than a year later, the new investment was underwater, literally. So there was a weather situation, um, or you know, uh, I guess a, a few different things happening weather-wise. One, there had been rains to the west. Um, it was not quite a full moon, but the moon was pretty full, which means higher tides. And uh, at Saturday evening, you know, we had wind out of the south. We had a high tide. We had uh, uh, you know rain coming in, or, or you know, higher water coming in from out west, you know, from the mountains. And uh, so the morning of um, April 18th, starting about 6.30 a.m., we had water coming in. And at first, we had an issue because the fire department was here as well. They didn't want our guys to be, you know, there was standing water on the on the dock out there. So we ended up uh, going down at Jack's Boathouse and borrowing, a police officer gave us a ride down. We borrowed uh, like 18 lifesavers and turned them the next day so we could put life jackets on everybody that was raising the gates. Wow. I mean, I can tell this is still a pretty fresh... Oh, paper, yeah. Paper. I mean, listen, I, you know, we took... At that point, the company was only maybe 30 people mm-hmm. and uh, we didn't know if we were going to... We didn't know if we were, you know, we were going to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, we got through it and, you know, I, I think... Uh, you know, I, w- I would not want to go through that. It's not That's not the ideal way to improve a property, but... At the end of the day, we, we were able to deliver a much better offering. Before Bob was managing billion-dollar portfolios, he was one of six kids born in the Bronx before moving to Long Island and Philly. In order to go to college without taking on a loan, Murphy got an Army ROTC scholarship to attend the University of Notre Dame. I ended up having just a phenomenal experience. and you know, I got to serve my country. We had a real mission. We patrolled the eastern border. Um, and uh, I got to lead people, and I really... I, I really enjoy building a team, mm-hmm. and uh, it's as fun to me as doing a deal. And I really and had a great time doing that. Have you been back to back to Germany, back to Berlin? Yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, so I, I was uh, was there from '82. I was there for almost four years um, in, in a town called Fulda, which is in East Hessen, about 100 kilometers northeast of Frankfurt, but it was right on the border. And I've been back uh, a couple of times, and it's interesting, that, you know. There's a town there that I looked at through uh, thermal, you know, vi- you know, goggles for three and a half years, and then I went and got a beer there in the year 2000. You know, which is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cool experience. Okay. And um, anyways, it, it was great. I, I really, uh, it's probably 
outside of my family, the most formative uh, uh, thing in my career. And then how did you, did you know, I guess, you know, when you were in school that, hey, maybe I'd want to go into real estate or something like that? How did, you know, being in the military transition into the travel camp? I went to uh, business school. I was a civil engineer undergrad, would have been a horrible engineer. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I knew that. I never even took my, uh, my PE. Uh, I went to a rugby match instead. But anyway, <laughs> I uh, went to Columbia and I was a finance major and I, was, I thought I'd get into investment banking. And I was interviewing for investment banking firms, but I was also playing rugby for Columbia Business School team. And uh, one of the guys on my team had graduated um, ahead of me. Uh, he graduated in May, and I was set to be a December graduate. Chris Hoover, who's the president of Peter Long's company, um, who have, you know, have a lot of stuff in Northern Virginia here, he called me and said, hey, you should look at this travel cook company. I just joined, and they, they have a spot to fill. So they sent me a brochure. The brochure was actually uh, from a book written in the mid-'80s called The Top Ten Companies in America to Work For. And one of them in there was Trammell Crow Company. And uh, the chapter on Trammell Crow Company opened don't work for Trammell Crow Company unless you want to be a millionaire. So I was like, I would like to be a millionaire. <laughs> that would be a good thing. So I uh, came down here and joined, uh, interviewed in the summer of 87, started in January of 88. And obviously the crash happened, really. I mean, I, you know, I think in the, the way Trammell Crow Company worked, everybody who started new like that, you had to start up leasing. They really wanted to build a, a base and, you know, leases and buildings are really where the value is created. So everybody had to go through that, and I watched myself. I did, every deal I did for the next six years was worse than the other deal, until finally in 93, I think, I saw uh, my first upturn. So it was... Uh, you really missed the boat. <laughs> I did, I did. I, I've heard so many stories say, about like, the crazy 80s. When, when, they, when, they, when they interviewed me, they told me I'd be a millionaire in three years, so obviously that didn't happen. Um, but um, I think learning in a downturn like that, there's some benefits. It's when you're young, you know, it's your expenses aren't as high yet, you know, so it's actually, timing-wise, it's probably ideal. Not worrying about feeding And I look at a lot of the, the young folks in the industry now. But young, I mean, you can be in your 30s now and, and never have seen a downturn. What was that like being in a, I mean, you couldn't, obviously you couldn't have seen then that, you know, half of DC real estate shops were going to be run by Camel Crow people. I tell you, I think it's um, a couple of things I'll, I'll say. I think, um, I, I give a lot of credit to the Crow culture, Mr. You know, he hired people who are bright people. And when you take somebody who, let's say, goes to a, you know, a top school or whatever, whatever, you know, or, or not, but you know, take somebody who's a, who's a you know, who, who's a bright person, a driven person, and first of all, you make them take their fancy degree and then go start knocking on doors. For me, it was Storm Virginia, you know, uh, with my MBA from Columbia. And, uh, and you're competing against guys that are really good at this. And you throw a little bunch of humility in there and you, Finish it off with uh, the company always had an open office environment. We still do at MRP, and uh, it kind of creates a bit of an anti-jerk culture. It's hard, it's, it's hard to sit out there in the middle of everybody and you know be a jerk every day. So then you were at Quo for about 20 years. Yeah, I think it was just under 18 years. And then what made you? you know, what was that? What were those conversations like when you're like, you know, what do we want to do next? I don't want to start our own home. What's that going to look like? I really wanted to kind of go try and do my own thing. And, uh, and, you know, so we had a really good year in uh, my group here in 2004. Um, I think it's stats, but our, you know, the group I was running made a lot of money for the firm, so we got nice bonuses. And, the, you know, the three of us and Rick Sass, who was my outside counsel, 
joined in as well, put her bonus money in, and I think it was like $700,000 we started the firm with between the four of us. Obviously, you had your, you know, your core expertise. Did you have to decide, like, right, this is the type of deals we want to go after. This is how we want to do business. And if you think about it, you know, the, when we started the team, I had people that I already worked with that filled a role for me that were part of, you know, that Brian Wade was great at acquisitions. Fred Rothmeyer is a phenomenal developer. And uh, I have a lot of good capital relationships, you know, thanks to my experience at Crow. So we basically pretty much did what we had been doing at Crow, which is a local operator teaming up with generally non-vertically integrated institutional capital that has money to put out and we know our market well, we understand you know, what's happening at the moment and we come together what we think is a good play, write a business plan for it, talk capital about it, they buy in, they provide the vast majority of the money, we provide the expertise, execute the business plan and hopefully everybody makes money. Most of our work is still here in, in a DC metropolitan area. We have some projects in New York City, some projects in Philadelphia, and we just closed a big deal in uh, Nashville, Tennessee that we're excited about. Well, let's talk about Bryant Street because yeah. um, it's over a thousand units of housing, right? Fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred units of housing. I believe the biggest housing project in the city in terms of total like new units. Uh, I think it's hard to get, you know, when you're building in, I would say there's probably like Fort Lincoln, there's probably other areas, but if you talk, if you talk what's the core of the city, yeah. within two miles of, uh, actually, you know, we'll call it like a mile and a half of the capital, I would say, I would probably agree with you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's large, and, you know, it's, I was thinking It's significant this, retail as well, you know. Right, well, and you're putting an Alamo draft house in Which there. I think is going to be really great. It's 1,500 units, it's, it's hundreds of thousands of square feet of retail in Northeast, where there's really nothing of that scale. What gave you the confidence to immediately go in there and be like, we can do this big, it'll be in phases, but it, it'll be big. I think a couple of things. Number one, uh, you know, I've watched the city, the city grows horizontally because of the 1910 height act. Mm. So, you know, land is finite. Land by metro is super finite. Land by the metro, by the core of the city on metro is even more finite. So Ryan Wade, you know, uh, you know my partner Ryan came across this deal. We all recognize that, you know, it, it is, on my bike, it is, four minutes from there to elevation. You know, it's you know, it's a half mile. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, you, you stand in the parking lot, you can see the, the full dome of the Capitol. So it's, it's um, and uh, we just recognize it a pretty unique opportunity. And we, uh, the the families that owned it, really the, 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 the voice of the families were the Bernstein family, um, you know, recognize it also as something they wanted to keep long term. So. Well, and you mentioned you know on your on your bike, uh, and I think last time we talked, you know, you said that that's kind of how you you like to scout out locations. You know, throughout the cities, get in your bike, run a little perimeter. Not too many locations. Yeah, Chip Ackridge runs, but cities, you know, there's, there's, there's too many of these emerging markets. You can't run that far. So when did this start? You started your bikes around bike bike rides around the city, and really start to like take that as part of like the built environment. You can slow down. Um, and, and you know, hop off, walk it. So it's uh, it's a great way to see the city. It's also you get a workout at the same time. You know, uh, if you ride with me, you do. So it's good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I, and I just like to get out and see. You know, I I call it millennial watching on the weekend. Just go out there and kind of see what's going on. It's not bird watching, but you know, yeah. It's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. Well, certainly at the Alamo Draft House. Yes, and you know, you know, Salt Line, uh, mm -hmm, you know, Noma, right. Union Market area, all that stuff. You know, <laughs> 8th Street Northeast. Yeah, I bike up and down the, the MBT every day, every, every day to the office, and uh, that's a big, it's a big uh, hole of dirt you got in the I ground. I know, there. you know, it's, it's, it's uh, interesting, you know, the amount of people that use that, you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I love that the city's doing that. Yeah. You know, as a, somebody who bikes a lot, you know, I know 
you, you know, you can get that, you know, Google map, you hit the cycle, you know, it'll, it'll lay out like best way to go by bike. And uh, there's bike lanes all over the city now. So a credit to uh, the administration and the DDOT. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you're with that project, and I believe with, with Doc 79 by the ballpark, I mean, the bike experience is integrated, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's not just, and, it's and a nice way to get around. And elevation as well, the next phase of elevation, first of all, we're putting in a pretty cool, uh, you know, for the community, we're putting in a, you know, a, a bike station, you know, with a map of the city and, you know, water and uh, air and everything right there in the MBT. I'm sure you'll be using it. Coming up, Bob talks about working with the city building affordable housing, and the legacy he hopes to leave. What makes United Bank the community bank of the nation's capital? United Bank puts their customers and communities first. That means listening before developing solutions and aligning their approach with your goals. Combine that with extensive local knowledge and a focus on personal relationships and it's no wonder Washingtonians choose United Bank. Bankwithunited.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. So you mentioned uh, the administration. I, I wanted to ask you about this because obviously MRP's done a lot of deals with the city. Um, you know, the Whole Foods deal is, you know, is, is city-owned land. Uh, I think you're building something else uh, near Noma. MRP has donated to Mayor Bowser. I'm sure you donate to every administration. Who's sure, yeah, we have. It's a big part of the real estate industry. Uh, well, I mean, listen, if you're running for any office today, whether it's president or local councilman, you know, there is no, the only way you can get out there and get your word out is to get donations. Right. I mean, I, whether they're from somebody like me or somebody in your neighborhood, you know, you know that's just the way, the way it works, the way our system works. I kind, of, I kind of look at it like, if you look at it, uh, when I team up with an institutional partner, they might have other options. They pick us because they know we're not only good at what we do, but we're good people. And, you know, it could be a buyer selling or, or an owner selling me something or partnering with me. It's the same decision. I don't think it's that different than the city. And, and, and obviously you need to have the best option for them price-wise as well. But... I don't know this for sure. Right? Yeah, but but but, I, but I'm sure they're also looking at are these good people? Are they going to do the right thing by mm. by the city? Are they going to do the right thing by the community? And we take a lot of pride in that. You know? yeah. I mean, it's uh, I uh, you know I give the administration and the city council credit for really raising awareness in the last three four years about the affordable housing. And you know, we started like you know like most other developers. I mean, affordable housing really wasn't an issue until the last, call it like, less than five years. Mm. I mean, it just wasn't. I mean, you know, it's it's amazing the way the city's grown. And when you, uh, I don't use the G word anymore, but when, when you, <laughs> when, when you're building in emerging communities. When, when you're building in emerging communities, um, there's a lot of great things that happen. Yeah. And, you know, you, you know, you see more retail come in, which means lower, more options, a lower cost food, lower cost, higher, higher quality, food options, there's jobs that go with it. You know, there's investment in the streets and the roads and, you know, generally crime decreases, schools usually get better, which is good for everybody. The only negative is housing piece and it's not so much the, uh, the people who, have, who own homes in these communities for many years. They're happy, trust me, because they just see the property, you know, there's 
five to ten X is happening out there. The issue is for renters and and the city, the good news about the city is when areas change like that, the amount of revenue the city collects in real estate taxes, sales taxes, et cetera, goes up. And the city is funneling a lot of that money in back into affordable housing. And unfortunately, when you build in an urban environment, it's not a light switch. You know, even if the city goes, we want to have affordable housing, guess what? You tell me that, you give me a piece of land, the earliest I can deliver from today, the earliest is three years. And guess what? The city never says, first of all, they got to bid it out. And that ticks six, 12 months if there's no, and then, so that's four years, mm -hmm. and that's still saying they could, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it'll happen, and I think the city's doing the right things by it, and, you know, it's, uh, does, that, does that make sense? I mean, you, you, the, the problem is really surfaced in less than the last five years. Yeah. The city, I, I can tell you, as a firm, we were, we were building 8% IZ housing, so called 8% of our portfolio was affordable. Today, it's closer to 30. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, and if you look... So think about that. So, but it, we just delivered our first one. Yeah. But we have a lot more in the pipeline. I mean, 30% is really significant. And it's not just affordable housing. It's it's at 30% AMI, even more... Half of it's zero to 30, which basically means that you're either a senior, mm -hmm. you know, um, not working or, you know, on Social Security, or you're, you know, you're coming from a shelter. And those people are going to be able to live up, upstairs yeah. from Whole Foods. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, and then, you know, and then there's, there's the 30 to 60, which is people who are working... Um, you know, it's, you know, but, you know, you, you know you're, you're, you're working in, a, in the kitchen or you're working somewhere, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're not at a, you know, a manager level you know, or, or even, uh, so it, it's great, you know, and listen, the truth is that the city needs affordable housing at the zero to 30, at the 30 to 60, at the 80, at the 100, at the 110, at the 120. I mean, you need middle income housing as well. Yeah. And people forget that, but you need that. It's important. Last question before I let you go. Uh, MRP is now going to be 15 years old. We're in our 15th year. Yeah, we, we our 15th birthday party is next summer. Do you have kind of like a vision for where you see the company going? Because, you know, now not, not a lot of businesses last 15 years. <laughs> you know? uh, so, you know, so now you own companies. I mean, if I really knew the risk that we were taking, I, I probably, I might have had second thoughts, but we got through it, we were fortunate. So do you, do you think about kind of what you see, you know, when you're done with MRP, what you would like it to, what you would like to see, if you have a kind of a, a place in mind where you're like, you know, maybe this is where, you know, I can pass the reins off to someone else, or this is where, you know, maybe the natural end point. I mean, I love, I love, one thing I love about our company is that we, it's not, you know, two, three, four people that, you know, we've got multiple partners. I own 25% of the business. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I think that's been one of the, the great things we have, where we, as a firm, where we hire people who, uh, we, a lot of shared, I think shared values, whether that's being good at your craft or, you know, having a good moral compass and doing the right thing. And uh, I was uh, talking to um, one of our partners, and, and an older gentleman, you know, oxygenarian, and we were talking about, we take a lot of pride in being good partners. And he sat back in his chair and was like, all right, Bob, tell me what a good partner means. And I thought about it, because you know, this long list of thought, stuff you know, going through my head. And uh, I said, you know what? I could create this long list, but there's two things you need. One is somebody who's good at their craft, um, every skilled. Second thing is somebody who has you know, good moral values, a good person, because if you're just good at your craft, but you're not a good person, then, you know, you're watching your pockets as your partner. And if you're um, just a great guy, 
Well, then see him socially or church on Sundays mm. or <laughs> temple on Saturdays. <laughs> exactly. But he's not going to make any money, so it's got to be those two things. Bob, this is great. Thank you so much yeah. for doing this. I really appreciate it. That was fun. Yeah, my pleasure. Miriam Hall is the creator and executive producer of Let's Have a Drink. Its supervising producer is Mark Bonner. Travis Gonzalez is the audio editor.